0: The IBM Z Applications and Runtime Podcasts, your place to get the newest trends and direction for mainframe runtimes and environments.
1: Well, hello and welcome to yet another episode in our podcast series, Application Platform Talks. And if you've been with us on the journey over the last year or so, then thank you and hope you've enjoyed it and got some value from it. If you haven't, then where have you been? This is where we chat to experts involved with the runtimes, and we talk about topics in their area of expertise. Now, I don't do this on my own. I do jo- I'm joined by uh, Toby from Germany. So, Toby, as always, thank you for joining again today.
0: Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure.
1: And today, I'm thrilled to tell you that We're with one of my old office mates, actually, um, Matt Whitbourne, who is a director of product management in IBM Z, and he's going to give us some insight into what that entails and what his journey has been to get to that point. So, Matt, thanks for giving us your
2: time today. Oh, you're welcome, Nick. Thanks uh, for having me along, and thanks, Toby. So
1: this recording will be made available at ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. And there you'll find other podcasts relating to IBM Z and other aspects in IBM Z. So, to kick off, Matt, before we go into your current role, let's hear a little bit about Matt and how you got to be involved with mainframe computers in the beginning
2: well how did i how did I get here I, I guess my mainframe journey feels a little bit like um you know that bit in the the Godfather part three when it's like just when I thought I was out they pulled me back in it's it, that, that pretty <laughs> much feels like my career working in and around Z and Z, and by the way, I'm going to say Z and Z interchangeably which i'm I've, I've given up all hope of consistency on so yeah for 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 pretty much all my career, so I actually started in nineteen ninety nine um I was part of a sponsored degree scheme at Portsmouth University, which meant I was working full time while also studying at university. And my first role, which IBM was sponsoring and working, was actually part of the the Kix Transaction Gateway um, test team, which I did for a did for a few years. Um, I like to think I was a a reasonable tester. Um, I was pretty good. I could look at things and just break stuff. Um, horrible developer, though. Um, I've often thought you could give me various roles in IBM, just don't ever get me actually writing any enterprise code. Test, testing's fine, you know, or on the business side, which we'll come on to. Um, so I've been doing that for a few years, um, and uh, and I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I don't think I ever really got the the bigger context actually of how, uh, how Zed was actually being being used really in the industry. You know, I learned a lot about like the area that I was in, um, which was great. And then at the point of graduating in 2002, I thought it would be good to try a few different things. So I actually went and worked in a variety of roles in, in uh, voice systems when we used to own speech recognition technology in IBM, uh, in information management. Uh, and then I actually ended up um, running our Extreme Blue internship program, um, firstly for the UK and then for Europe as a whole um, for a couple of years. And the bit that excited Make- me about that was that I actually got more understanding of how do we actually start up projects and then look at the innovation and where do we take them from a commercial standpoint? So, and man, then, man, oh, man, when oh man, yes, we want to interrupt.
0: What, what is extreme blue for those oh. who haven't heard it before? Maybe because not everyone's uh, aware with it. Like we don't have that in Germany. What, what is that? What do you do in the UK there?
2: Yeah, good, good, question, Toby. And I and I hope you still have it in Germany. We certainly used to. And um, uh, we uh, we uh, we have a program called Extreme Blue, where we bring in um, interns over the course of the summer to work on small teams on innovation projects. And so we'd have, let's say, three technical students and one business student who were combined together on a on a challenge. It could be something from a product standpoint. Could be a specific client services thing that we would do. Um, and it was a great way of just getting completely fresh thinking in uh, an area of technology that we wanted people to think about and um, give them an experience of IBM and hopefully also get them back as uh, um, as employees in the future as well. And the the, yeah, the nice thing about it was that we got to work on all these really interesting innovation projects. And at the end of it, the question was always, well, what are we going to do with them? And so off the back of that, I started getting more involved in the different business cases that we were putting together, really seeing whether there's you know a real market opportunity for what we were pursuing, and I think it was back then that when um, Dave Andrews, who you guys will remember well, when he was um, director of Kicks, basically said, "Hey, some of the things you're doing sounds like sounds a bit like product management." So I was like what's product management. Back then, no, nobody really knew what it was, you know, in IBM. So, so yeah, so hey, maybe, maybe things haven't changed that much. We still spend a lot of time explaining to people what product management is. But, um, but, yeah, so I ended up then coming, funnily enough, back into Kix. And my first gig was actually the the product manager of, of Kix Transaction Gateway. So it all sort of came, came full circle in a way, which is also when I had to endure this awful roommate uh, back in A <laughs> It was a nightmare. Do you remember that guy, Nick? Oh, he's got a
1: future that guy. I tell you, he's got a future. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so so that was obviously yeah, when when Nick yeah, Nick you and I were, were were sharing an office sort of back then and other than uh what like conversing on the uh on the ashes that would have been going on That's the cricket for those for those who might not be too too familiar and you recounting the various um various gigs that you've been to like with different bands which we 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 always still enjoy talking about. Um, i credit you actually at this point for for really putting into context like l- let's explain what we actually do um and the big picture of how kicks fits into the into the z ecosystem and what what z or z or the mainframe actually does from from a contribution point of view around the world and uh, and it's funny because having been around like i say the platform for a while and a lot of, a lot of time working you know more in the in the guts from a testing standpoint it was probably like the first time where I actually got a real, real context. It kind of just blew my mind, really, actually, in terms of the role that we were that we were playing and just how how vital we were to the, you know, to the world's economy. So. So, yeah, so that was in kicks, slowly started moving into uh, into different product management roles. Uh, there was myself and, and, and Andy Bates who used to tag team the kicks product management side of things. Um, I had my second chance to try and escape for a while at that point. I thought I wanted to do something different. So I went and worked in product management in uh, Smarter Commerce when we had a lot of products there to do digital marketing. Um, That was kind of funny because I came in and I remember the team there were basically saying, hey, you know, we're going to, let's explain to you like how our subscription billing process works. And I was like, you know, it might take you a while to get your head around it. I thought, okay, this would be interesting. As they said, we've got this thing called, million monthly server calls and i was like this is sounding suspiciously close to msu and mips and things like that and i remember i asked them i said hey do you do you put it on on some kind of four-hour rolling average or anything like that to which they all said oh my goodness no we don't do anything that complicated so that was a good that was a good lesson from the outside world as well um and then eventually, yeah, pulled back in again. So into the uh, the IT service management products, uh, known as the Tivoli products sort of back then. So so doing product management for for Z there. Told you I'd say Z and Z interchangeably. And then uh, I got I got the opportunity to come to, to Poughkeepsie, let me see, just over four and a half years ago, uh, where they said, hey, you've had a lot of product management experience. You've done a lot of things around the platform. Why don't you go and uh, take on, hardware product management or a platform product management responsibility. And so and it was Mike Pereira at the time who was the one who said, you really should look at this. I had to remind a lot of people I've never worked in hardware before. So it felt a little bit like a social experiment of like, let's put the software guy in a hardware role and, and see what happens. But um but I'm pleased it was one of the best, best opportunities I've ever had. So so ended up becoming the product manager uh for Z15. Um fantastic experience, did that for a few years. Um, until recently moving into uh, product management development where I own uh, all of product management for, for ZOS. For the last couple of years, I also have owned development for things like our um, AIU exploitation, uh, ZOS container extensions, uh, so being able to bring containerized uh, Docker-based images and run them in ZOS, um, and everything else from ZOSMF to comm server, etc., until... Uh, let me see. Last Friday, <laughs> so when I've just been announcing a new role that I've now um, actually picked up a uh, uh, product management responsibility for uh, for Linux One as well. So that's hot off the press. Wow. Well, okay, that was that was a lot, guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I've not bored everybody to tears by uh, by going through my potted history.
0: That was a good a good ride, and I think what I really liked is, I mean, you said uh, you tried to escape, but it never worked. I think Mark Pocock in his uh, uh, in his session was it Mark no macaco was it in his session uh, that actually said he had, uh, z has some kind of sticky glue on it so you always kind of have to come back because it's so nice in there so i hope we we don't uh, annoy you that much that you still try to escape but you now stick with us
2: uh, yeah <laughs> i'm pretty, pretty sure, like i'm that. pretty sure i'm i'm pretty sure i'm with I'm, I'm 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 here for the long haul now it's it's interesting when i spoke to a few people about the reasons why they keep coming back especially actually people um, from the product management and the business standpoint is the buzz that you kind of get with the clients you get to work with, um, and and frankly the level of responsibility that we have uh, because of what what we do and the role that that Z actually plays means that you know it's it's from a product point of view it is a bit of a drug because you go where else am I going to get to like work with all of these you know these huge financial institutions, insurance companies, government. You guys know the list. We could go could go on and on about it, but. The, the big thing is, it's not just the fact that you work with these clients, it's what the workload actually is. I mean, it literally is like, you know, it is the banking applications. I mean, you know, if it doesn't work, banks are no longer banks anymore because they cannot do the transactions. And so, and it's an interesting one, because when you explain this to people who, even people in IT who don't work in this space, um, it takes a while for them to get their head around it and go, oh my goodness, that is, it's literally like the the most mission-critical workloads that could exist in these clients. So I think that's a lot of the reason why why people do keep coming back.
1: And I, I think I learned quite a bit when I was working with John Burgess uh, doing the Kix performance videos and how to read a large systems performance report and that kind of thing. You th- you then realize that actually the what the mainframe is, in fact, processing what it's doing continually is – is incredible but then it's all the fine tuning that people do around it uh to to ensure that you don't get queuing you don't get you you have a dispersed workload going around and it's it's just this whole ecosystem within an ecosystem right (laughs) you know you 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 had your experience with itsm stuff that just helps augment the statistics that we get and uh, again it's it just keeps those banking transactions. You know, we did the famous video of what happens in a second, and that really opens your eyes to it. All I it think. really
2: it really does, and I think it's um, it's it's it, it's funny. Like in terms of like those different roles, especially when I went and worked over in 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 smarter commerce for a while. So I used to work on when I was there on a product that actually did um, like product recommendations that we used to have, like in IBM. So you know, people who bought this also bought that. Um, which is funny because it meant that for a while I could actually explain to people what I did for a job, like very, very quickly, like, because <laughs> I could explain that and I'd be like, you, you know, you know how you go on to pick your favorite mm. retailer. Maybe like, Oh yeah. Okay. And I went, yeah, my, my product does that. Like, okay, fine. Whereas, um, you know, there's a bit more of a nuanced discussion when I have to talk about like, you know, the, the, what we do as a platform. And then, you know, in my case now like operating system and middleware and all of those things. Um, so, it takes it takes a little bit longer to be able to explain it, but once you actually hit the landing point and you go, "This is what we actually we actually do," then yeah, people are people are staggered by it. It's it's the same. Like I say, it's the it's the same reaction I think I had probably when yeah when when you first gave me the big picture, Nick. You know, a few years <laughs> ago. Well,
1: I I always think of it. You know, you're you're now the the outside of that slide that I used to show with the the big box. And then said that box has software on it, and that's there's the operating system, there's a repository, there's some kind of internal communications in there, and then there's some application logic up here and 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 a sort of middleware uh, communication section. Well, you're having to look at all that on a daily basis, I guess, now with with your role, especially with Linux one as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean it's uh, it's it's an interesting one because you know, I mean literally being an operating system and, and thinking about that, whether it's across ZOS or across what we do with virtualization and our, you know, our Linux ecosystem partners. I mean, you know, we are the glue where all of these things kind of come together. So so on the one hand, it's really important that we get the broader context of what's happening from a market standpoint, whether that's to do with uh, the importance of containerization sort of coming to the platform. So so some of these things are, you know, very you know, tops down sort of driven when we look at those trends, and we got to make sure we're there providing those right common services that can be leveraged. You know, right throughout the stack. You know, so so being a uh, being a good platform for for making those things easy to consume and easy to easy to adopt. And then at the same time, you know, we're also doing the exploitation of what's going into the uh, going into the hardware as well. So I know you spoke to to CJ recently about. The uh, the telen processor and the A I U. So so you know we're there in uh, in Z O S uh, providing some of the libraries that are needed so that that you know we're not there sitting with an amazing piece of silicon but no easy way to be able to exploit it. So <laughs> yeah. so so, that, so that's why you know trying to make sure not only can we do that but can we. Can we provide those those libraries? In a lot of cases, it's 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 implementing you know industry standards and bringing you know open source packages, which is another thing. You know we're seeing a lot more sort of convergence around, so that. Um, so they can be used again, right the way through the stack and we can, we can make those services common in the, in the operating system. So, yeah, you're right. We've got to, it, it, with, with, with our team here, we've got to worry about, you know, all of those kind of things. And, and at the same time, making sure that, that you know, we've always keep a relentless eye on quality, which is just essential for our clients. Yeah.
0: And I think one more thing you look at at the moment, Matt, is that uh while, you already mentioned the open source thing. We already mentioned a bit of Linux one. So basically running Linux on a mainframe as on any other platform, because it is Linux in the end, it's nothing special. Even if it runs on Z, it just needs to understand the hardware a bit more. So I think when we also consider your ZOS uh, vision, I think one thing that is very important for us and for all in working in the space is to make things a little more easy to consume. So I think Andreas Bieswanger, who is, um, also responsible for as a fellow in, in the hardware space. He always says it's the same, just better. So so something that you also try, I think a lot is making things more easy. So what what, what is there something recent you you
2: explain you, you explored? Yes, yeah, so I think there's a there's a there's a few things I could think of. I mean, um, so so one of them in terms of the uh, the Linux story, which has been um, really exciting for us is is ZOS container extensions, because um, what we are finding from a lot of a lot of clients is is they wanted a means to be able to take containerized you know workloads um, and have the the tightest possible coupling with what they were doing in in ZOS. And we've got a fantastic story today, and, for, and we have had for a, for a while now. Obviously with you know with Linux on Z and what we're able to do with to do with ZVM. But again, from a simplicity point of view, a lot of people said, well, I'd love to just be able to get the the operational. Characteristics that I that I love with with ZOS today, but you know, can't you just run these workloads for me? And so, that ability, what started with just um, uh, Docker-based containerized workloads to be able to run them in a ZOS address space um, without you needing to manage a Linux environment, you know, underneath, um, has been transformative for a number of a number of clients. And the fact that we've now brought um, uh, OpenShift uh technology as well to be able to to bring that as part of of ztx has been uh hugely interesting and in fact the reason again apologies guys i was a bit late for the recording was that i was overrunning with a client to talk exactly on that on that subject because they see it as being really really cool for their strategy and it is that same but better story it's like i want the same uh experience when it comes to the people who who manage within OpenShift, the application developers who write the workloads, I want the same experience for them, but give me the better operational experience of actually um, of actually deploying that on 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 Z. And in this case, you know, it it was we were talking about ZCX, but the same thing would absolutely go for um you know for, for Linux One as well. So so things like that I think are you know are really exciting for me um because it really shows the, the the investment in the workloads which is what people you know care about. Fair enough, fair enough. And I think I think
0: that is also a message to you guys out there that listen to us. There's plenty of things to explore and even in ZOS, as you just learned, there are many new possibilities that we also need to support for from the system programmer side. So please have a look at that. Contact us if you're interested and, and make some use of this, because I think, as you said, we, we, we do a lot of effort in developing these things. And of course, the most use uh, or the most interesting developments happen when you then try to, to use it out in the real world. So, when you now say you're in product management also for 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 Linux one, uh, I think something happened just recently did it in the Linux one space that we might haven 't talked about in this in this podcast yet
2: oh interesting well in in that case yes we've just had um, we just had a major launch of our uh, latest Linux one. Uh, server, which is which is tremendously exciting. Um, I guess a few few important takeaways. So first of all, uh, the penguins are back. So uh, so it's <laughs> the emperor model that we've we've announced um, this time around. The um, I think there's a number of cool things about about that launch, but the exciting thing actually for me, which seems to be getting a lot of traction, is the sustainability story. Um, so for those who might not be too familiar, the way, that we, the way that we build our systems, the way that we design around power efficiency, the consolidation opportunities that we actually have for the platform mean that uh, we uh, really have a tremendous ability to not just save on cost when it comes down to bringing those workloads together into a consolidated environment, uh, but also it has a transformative effect in the data center because you're now taking up less floor space and you're also consuming um, a lot less power um, compared to equivalent workloads running on running on x86. And you know, obviously, people have been uh, sensitive, rightly so, from an energy consumption and a, uh, a carbon footprint perspective for a while. I'm seeing a real uh, transition, I would say, in the minds of our clients now, because this is no longer a data center consideration. This is a boardroom consideration now. Of what are people actually going to do? To commit to lowering their carbon footprint um, uh, on a number of different dimensions. So the fact that we can now, you know, offer a solution, you know, you said it well earlier, Toby. You know, like same but better. You know, like hey, we'll bring the workloads that you want. We'll consolidate them in. But but now, not only are you getting just a pure cost benefit out of it. Uh, but also, this is having a, the potential for a transformative effect on your energy consumption and your and your carbon footprint is is absolutely massive for clients. So, so yeah, so it's a very very exciting launch. Um, yeah, please go and uh, go and read up on all the information. But that for me was the uh, one of the most exciting takeaways.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I think I think you, you you hit a very interesting point. I mean, that is maybe a bit of a European perspective, but now when it comes to sustainability, we I mean, we used to say we want to be sustainable, and it was kind of a rescue the world, blah 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 thing that happened on every website, but there was no reality to it. But now with the, the rising energy prices, especially here in Europe, it actually is not just a rescue the world effort but it is also a save your money effort and I think that is as you mentioned a, a real game changer and I think too that we have a very good story which is funny because the, sometimes we have the feeling that the mainframe is a system of the past but maybe if it is a systems with
2: a past this system can be also our future is it Ab- absolutely and I think you you're you're right in what you're saying sometimes there is that perception but we're we're reaping the benefits of, of that history and the 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 technical architecture that you know we put in place with it. You know, it's the fact that, that we do have this, this this evolution of the way that we design the systems means that um we can do things that others can't do. I mean I remember, you know, really quickly as well, you know, there's the sustainability angle, but when um the world was really like in the in the midst of COVID, um, so so I'm thinking back and tracking my dates. So we're talking like March, April, 2020, um, and at that point, nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, so data centers were getting locked down left, right, and center because you know you, why, you can't take the risk of of of, of bringing you know a, a very, the time very nasty virus into the data center. Then, so um, one of the unique things that we do as a platform is the way that we design with. Um, uh, capacity growth in mind. So when there was not just people locking down the data centers, but there also was a shortage of, of servers that are going around. One thing we we're able to do with our clients was say, those engines that are baked into the system with headroom, we can turn them on for you. Um, and we I think it was, I'm going to get this probably slightly wrong. But but over that period of time in March, when we compared that to the previous year, we turned on via on off capacity on demand, it was it was at like three times as much capacity as we did in the same period last year because you had that pressure and obviously you know turmoil in markets as well and we're able to do that without entering a single data center so so yeah so that 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 history and that heritage and the way that we design things you know i'm sure some people yeah do look at it as a um uh you know as 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 part of our past you know how modern is it i look at things and go how how else could you achieve something like that? You know, we're we're reaping the benefits of the way that we design those systems. Yeah, totally.
0: I think we already hit twenty five minutes easily, so uh, probably we have to invite you back now that you have a new role and talk about some more stuff you you will do in the future. And uh, yeah, I think Nick, we, we we are at the end of our time, are we?
1: I I agree, and I'd like to thank Matt very much for. Given us his time and given us an insightful chat there but matt i do hope the godfather doesn't catch up with you anytime soon and and hike you <laughs> off somewhere else so stay with yeah. stay with then we we feel safe with you
2: yeah good, good 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 point it didn't actually end very well for michael corleone if i remember <laughs> correctly so um uh, yeah hopefully hopefully i'll hang around a little bit longer still but thanks for having me on guys i i enjoyed this and I think sure. I think one one little thing that I want to give you outside there uh, that
0: Matt hit very very much on was explain how important we are because sometimes we have the feeling that we say, "Oh, we can't attract young people and especially in the recent month I gave some 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 university lectures, and I figured that when you tell people what it is we are really doing so that we have the real attractive workload, not just the cantina plan or not just something that is, if it dies, is not important, but we do the attractive workload, the one that actually is the backbone of our society, then there are a lot of people that find that interesting, like you Matt, when you said "like that was for me a key, Absolutely. that was interesting, that was something. So please also do that when you advertise for some new jobs, advertise the mission criticality of your, of your applications and, and then I'm very sure you will also find and attract young talent as well.
1: Well, that, that was an advert in itself. So thank you very much. <laughs> so I'll I'll just wrap up now and say, if you're interested in hearing more IBM Z podcasts, and that could be for DevOps or application development, as well as these application platform chats, then please check out ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. But for now, from Nick, Toby, and Matt, I bid you goodbye and hope to hear from you. See you on our next podcast. Bye. Bye guys. Bye.